feel it. You feel pumped. You getting pumped? Huh? Okay. Dyer's Eve. What is this? Monday? It's Monday the 7th. Tomorrow's Tuesday. How can I forget? Monday the 7th day of November 2022. As of right now, there's still an election tomorrow. How much of an election will it be? We'll see. We will see. Tonight is going to be a good one. Welcome back to, quite frankly, for a new week. A big one indeed. Midterm week. Did you study for your midterms? So we are um, hours away from the polls opening, and it seems like it's actually going to happen, as I said. Rich Barris is on with us to talk about a lot of big stories. We're going to get a election primer. We won't go to we won't go all over the place, but I'll just say, Rich, give us give us the most important places the most important things things to look out for but then we have to juxtapose it against all the other stuff that's probably more important than voting and that is you have to get inside the mind of a great large army of criminals to come to grips with and maybe uh strategize on their behalf to to see what what their next moves could be to eliminate the vote because of course they can't leave anything up to chance and people don't actually like them you know exactly what i'm talking about don't you anyway going to be talking about that that um that unfortunate creature from from pennsylvania the fetterman guy has pretty much repackaged the old axios red mirage uh prediction that's something ain't it We'll get to all of that. I want to talk to Rich about Brazil. I want to talk to him about Twitter. A lot of stuff to talk about with Twitter. Got to ask Rich about what this uh, this rift, this little feud between Trump and Ron DeSantis is all about. I didn't watch any of the rallies, but I heard all about it, and I saw the I saw the quotes, the Ron DeSanctimonious quotes, um, the diesel shortage, the diesel fuel shortage, that seems to have arrived. It's being reported in several spots of the country. And then, uh, and then, yeah, everything else, who knows. In the second half, I hope I have time to do this other stuff because it's good. It's fun. If I jam all the stuff that I actually have in front of me into two hours, it's going to be dizzying. I actually don't even know if I want that to happen. But maybe it'll give you a reason to stick around. The two hours is always fun. Always a lot going on, you know, because we talk a lot of, about a lot of different things. That's why we need two hours. People, I can't do a two-hour show. Okay, well then, all right, then break it up and do 20 minutes each. It's all different types of podcasts. You, we put out so much content during the week, so much content in one evening, but um, tonight is going to be no different. Maybe three times as much tonight. Indeed. Well, welcome to the show. Go to Quite Frankly tv take a look around about what everything's going on there there are people watching on quite frankly tv having a good time when this show ends the fun will continue as quite frankly network after hours programming kicks off which is really just an extension of the show all the types of themes and topics that i like talking about but it's um documentaries and memes and all that stuff and you get to watch it with good people in the chat uh other than that thank you to my sponsors BlueMonsterPrep.com 
I just realized that Blue Monster Prep uh, sponsors Dark to Light as well. So there you go. They started off with, with uh, quite frankly, and now kind of just making their way throughout the whole uh, the whole sphere here. I'm happy with that. But um, go to Blue Monster Prep, and the more we talk about what the hell's happening and what's on the way, you might have more reason to other than just personal preparedness and holiday shopping because you can also get your uh, Christmas shopping done at all of our affiliates, including Blue Monster Prep. I'm sure there's people in your life that can use some two-way radios, a little bit of food, a little bit of water filtration, some stop-the-bleed kits, you know, especially if they're related to the Pelosi's. But there is so much else going on, and, uh, and I think that Blue Monster Prep will be a great way of consolidating all of your worries into one place where you can find solutions. All right, that's it. Going into our grab bag, I want to start off with Kathy Hochul, who got a little bit of a, a, a little bit of a rough, a rough go of it with her stop at MSNBC. Oh my gosh, they they actually didn't throw her softballs the entire time. Here's Kathy Hochul. That oh. That's not Kathy. That's the beaver from Lady and the Tramp. Let me see. Oh, there she is. I get mixed up. Get mixed up between the two. Here's Kathy Hochul talking about uh, getting pushed back on about crime. Because remember, she says crime is not an issue. Uh, the ability for women to slaughter their children is the, the greatest issue. I think this is Stephanie Gruel or something like that. That's, that's giving her a hard time. Listen. Okay, but I'm going to interrupt you then. Here's the problem. We don't feel safe. You might be working closely with Mayor Adams. You may have spent a whole lot of money, but I walk into my pharmacy and everything is on lockdown because of shoplifters. I'm not going in the subway. People don't feel safe in this town. So you may have done these things, but right now we're not feeling good. We're worried we could be San Francisco. Oh, oh, right, right, right. Well, um, just remember, if you feel unsafe, abortions are great great options for personal safety anybody can get an abort you can you can pre-abort your child if you'd like if you feel unsafe going to the pharmacy what what she's she's just a clueless beaver woman and uh i I hope she loses not because lee zeldin can do really that much at all with the state legislature the way it is here in new york but I, i just i just want her to know that she's not wanted you know, it's little things for me. It's little. It's really just a little things that I want in life. I just want her to know she's not wanted by anybody. That's all. All right, so here's another one. Over to Arizona. I'm sure we'll get a little bit of an update from Rich tonight. But, you know, if you're looking at just the numbers, Carrie Lake should run away with this one. She's up like eight points over there. But the FBI is now investigating suspicious powder that has been mailed to her office, Carrie Lake's office, which has been shut down since then. But, you know, that's just nothing to worry about there. That's just democracy powder. I bet you just bring that to the lab, get the analytics running, and you'll see it's nothing to be afraid of. Just a little democracy powder. Never hurt anybody. FBI and local police are investigating suspicious packages that arrived at the Republican Arizona gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake's Phoenix campaign offices on Saturday, containing mysterious white powder and hateful messages that could only be the party of love and equality. So, 
like I said, it's democracy powder. Moving on, moving on. I came on a little bit early because we have to get all this stuff in. All of this stuff in. Uh, before Rich gets on. Engadget. Engadget. Here is a site talking about the Meta layoffs that are coming. Meta will reportedly announce large-scale layoffs next week. The announcement could affect many thousands of employees. Well, that's what happens when your company sucks. And you know when this all, when the downfall really started? When they allowed people's uh, parents and aunts and uncles to get onto Facebook. When they allowed people without college email addresses to get onto Facebook. That's when, that's when the downfall really started. No, no, they were still peaking for a long time after that. I'm just joking. But uh, this, is, this is obviously, maybe it was designed to be a disaster. Maybe? Mark Zuckerberg's big um, bid on Metaverse has so far failed to create new revenue opportunities for the company while ho costing it dearly. Since the start of 2021, Meta has spent $15 billion to make virtual and augmented reality mainstream with little success. The company expects to lose even more money on the project in 2023. It, is it po If this is part of a planned implode, why? It can't be planned. It has to be a, a, a really poorly hatched idea just meeting a brick wall and Facebook already being on the outs because they chased so many people away once they, uh, once they made it clear that it was not going to be a, uh, a platform that you can build and maintain a brand anymore. And that started around 2011 when the lance in the side of the, the company really hit. So, see, but that, that stupid virtual Nintendo Wii world is dying, at least for now. And it's a, it's a happy thing. Too bad. Over to Twitter, though. That's another thing as of right now. And this has to be because of the big food fight that's going on in Twitter right now that nobody wants to miss the action. Twitter tells advertisers that user growth is at all-time highs under Elon, Mu Elon Musk. But will that be enough for advertisers to come back? Everybody keeps asking this question. And I think it's a ridiculous question. Um... Because uh, it's very simple right here. Slash advertising rates, at least just tempor temporarily, and thousands of suitors, entrepreneurs, mid-sized businesses, even a lot of large businesses who aren't insane will be okay and will, buying, will be buying ads. And through the ads that are bought for lower to mid-sized businesses on Twitter, I bet you any money that as more real people come to the site and if they ever start doing bot sweeps getting rid of all that shit then you're going you're to talk about some lower to mid-sized advertisers that will probably do very well with income and then they can take all of that uh, they can reinvest profit they can spend a little bit more and you'll be growing businesses will the advertisers come back of course this is not about advertise anybody who has a business must be advertising. If you are open for business, you are also marketing your business somehow, or you're just, I don't know, maybe you're just a mom and pop shop locally. Everybody knows you generationally. You just don't need to advertise anymore. But if you're in business to any scale larger than that, you must be advertising. 
So this is ridiculous to even ask if if there's going to be businesses that are 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 going to be interested in getting their products and services in front of Twitter users. Especially after a big media boondoggle shakeup like this. Of course, it's all about ideology. And let the ideological idiots just die on the vine. They've deserved to do that for a long time now. But the, the food fight continues there. Listen to this. This was amazing because they're still going back and forth about the blue checks, the blue checks, the verification services that are pretty much that's what they are now. Verification services you can get in for like seven ninety nine a month, and it allows you to just just expand your the capabilities of your your account. You can upload longer videos, things like that, which I think is pretty cool. You give people services that they can actually use. And whatever, it's not a lot of money. But here you go, I love this. 23 hours ago, Elon Musk says this. My bad. Elon Musk says this. Twitter needs to become, by far, the most accurate source of information about the world. That's our mission. I think that's a ridiculous mission. I honestly do think it's a ridiculous mission. It needs to be the most accurate source of information about the world. It's just a social mess. It's a microblogging platform. That's what it started off as. Bring it back to that. It's a microblogging platform. There's a lot of people telling jokes. Just allow people to tell jokes again, to dissertate on one subject or another. Really interesting stuff for sure, but there's a lot of shit posting, which was just as great. Just microblogging. That's all it is. It's a it's a it's a toy. A powerful toy, yes, but this don't even don't even put that that responsibility on your shoulders. Most accurate source of information about the world. Anyway, this gets retweeted by some idiot, Kyle Grantham. And Kyle says this, and to do this, I'll let everyone, I'll let anyone who gives me money appear to be legitimate source of news rather than just ensure all legitimate sources of news are confirmed to be who they say they are. Talking about the little blue check. Now, the idea that he goes on to say, Musk responds to that, you represent the, pl- the problem. Journalists who think that they are the only source of legitimate information, that's the big lie. Great response. I don't think that he needed to make that first declaration in the first place, but a great response to this idiot over here who just, that badge means something. Now, the idea that the only legitimate form of journalism or information is one that comes with a laminated badge from NBC, CNN, Media Matters. That idea is, I'm very happy to report, is dying a very satisfyingly public death. Great. And what I like about this new check system, from, this, from what I have learned about it so far, is that, it's, that the, the blue check is no longer a badge of distinction in itself it's just a service that you can buy into very cheaply to expand the length of videos that you upload and other stuff like that that can help you uh, build a brand and and uh and, and whatever else a podcast whatever so again it's really what it comes down to is it's really just the sting of wounded pride and i love i love that because some of the best reading i ever did on the internet were threads and analysis of human events by so-called unverified accounts. Some of the most intelligently read, it, it is a whole, who are they and what's the sources? Doesn't matter. Did it make you think? 
can you go and take that information and go off on your own little adventure and and verify some things on your own and debunk other things or maybe find a I don't know it, it, it gives you something to do everybody I don't know I guess this is just some kind of a thing where everybody needs to have the pacifier in their mouth or they need to be fed the tit they just just they just need a nipple in their mouth where everything is just ready and packaged and in perfectly finished form for them there is no responsibility for the the user on the other end none none we need Kyle Grantham and all of his friends with the blue checks to say this is the way it is well, look at us we're accredited fuck you just fuck you all I don't give a shit anymore and I never did but the other thing that we also learned over the weekend is that um, the blue check was actually being sold on a so-called I guess a, a black market in the same way that diplomatic appointments are sold to political donors at the State Department that's what we were learning over the weekend. And some of you might have already known this, and I heard heard whispers about this over the years, but uh, this was interesting to see Elon Musk even, even confirm it. Watch this from uh, WSB chairman. Twitter employees were selling verification for upwards of $15,000 for certain accounts, mine included. They would refuse to verify through the standard application and then privately offer to verify you for money behind the scenes. Investigation is needed. Elon Musk responded, yep. Wow. Uh, that's pretty incredible. And I hope more investigations on shit like this pop up. I really do. I do. So that, that should give you another reason why the $8 is a slap in the face for so many people. $15,000 is a couple of months salary for some of these nitwits. And now people can get a check next to their name for less than half of what it takes to open a Netflix account. I think that is just delicious. So it's just going to be hilarious to see every other person with a blue check now. Everything about this makes mockery of those who thought it was a very prestigious thing. And I love, I love it. It's gone. Well, hopefully, hopefully. I just want it to be a worthless hood ornament for all those OG verified accounts. Hood ornament. That's what I want it to be. All right, we will be right back. Oh, wait, wait, no. Before we go anywhere else, how did I... How did I mention, how did I forget this? Kathy Griffin's Twitter account, this is another thing, uh, permanently suspended for impersonating Elon Musk. Over the weekend, Twitter made it uh, a, a bannable offense if you impersonate people without marking that the account is for parody. And she had changed her name on Twitter to Elon Musk, so got got banned. Uh, he said, going forward, any Twitter handles engaging in impersonation without clearly specifying parody will be permanently suspended, Elon said on Sunday. Previously, we issued a warning before suspension, but now that we are rolling out widespread verification, there will be no warning. This will be clearly identified as a condition for signing up to Twitter Blue, he said. And uh, she got kicked off. I wish it ended there, ladies and gentlemen, but um, it didn't. Now, not only I mean, Kathy Griffin is going to be very upset when she realizes that she's not going to get any new bookings from this latest stunt. But check, take a look at this. She tried coming back onto Twitter. For all of you who think that they're really leaving, some of them are deleting their accounts like Whoopi Goldberg did today. That was very funny. But they're going to be checking in. They'll, 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 they'll have some way of seeing what the hell goes on there. Uh, we got a tweet that, that popped up yesterday from a Maggie Griffin, which is very odd because people noted that this was... Um, this was, uh, what's her name? This was Kathy Griffin's mother who had died. This is a dead woman's Twitter account. This was at 5 p.m. yesterday. 
on uh, on Twitter. Apologize in advance, you say to Kara Swisher, for all the comments you're going to have to read about how ugly I am and how they're probably going to throw you in there too. Oh, by the way, this is KG. I'm tweeting from my dead mother's account. She would not mind. Hashtag free Kathy. She came onto her dead mother's account. My, I'm Listen, listen. These are sick people. We already know that. I, I, I've always likened them to crazy ex-lovers before. Crazy exes, all of them. But this is like fatal attraction shit. This is taking your child's pet bunny and boiling it alive and then taking them to Playland to ride on the Dragon Coaster kind of shit. They should na- rename the party the, the, the Fatal Attraction Kratz. It's such, it's psychos. Psychos. I mean, you've got to be psychotic to ignore church fires and race riots in 2020 and then hyperfixate on that fucking joke of a mosh pit at the Capitol on January 6th as it is. That alone takes a psycho mindset. But my God, getting onto your mother's, your dead mother's Twitter account to come and tweet about yourself. Ooh, God. Boy, oh boy. That's just, that's something else. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Uh, I tweeted out, it's on Gab, it's on Truth, it's on Getter, it's on Telegram, all of the viewing links for tonight's show. Retweet them for me, ladies and gentlemen. Let's syndicate this out. Let's make sure we have a nice, robust audience when Rich arrives, and we'll be right back. Oh, I steal things all the time. It's just something I do. I stopped carrying a long time ago. You should see how many supplies I've taken from this place. Honestly, I love stealing things. I'm going to get a drink. Do you need me? stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! Welcome to the show. The pre-show is over. This is quite frankly, I'm, uh, this is the first time you're watching. I hope it is for some of you. I hope you come back again live Monday through Friday, live Monday through Friday for many years now, many, many years. It used to just be a half hour on Wednesday in 2010. And of course that was when the show was started. That's not when the broadcasting over here started, but we're in studio number three. And 16 years in, and maybe you're just showing up, but that's all right, because that means you can spend the next 16 years with me. God willing, God willing, God bless us all if we can. Um, 715, 
I got 10 minutes before Rich Barris, the country's most accurate pollster, comes on with us. The director at Big Data Poll. And I want to do a few things real quick. So here we have on uh, the Western Journal, this Fetterman guy. Ooh. This should make some goosebumps pop up all over you. Fetterman declares Republicans will take an early election lead before dramatic overnight comeback for Democrats. He declares it, huh? He declares it in his, uh, in his crystal ball there. So the Axios Red Mirage promise has been wheeled back out by this bumbling golem. Pennsylvania's Lieutenant Governor and Democratic U.S. Senator, Senate candidate John Fetterman predicted Monday that his Republican rival, Dr. Oz, will take an early lead in their contest as returns come in on Election Day. However, he said that a, quote, dramatic change would happen overnight as more ballots are processed. You don't say. Counting for ballots cast by mail and early in-person cannot be until uh, begin until Election Day, thanks to GOP-controlled legislature, an intentional move to help Republicans baselessly sow doubt about the election results when it suits them. When it suits them? No, 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 no. 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 It's the mail-in ballots. It's the COVID penny-saver mail-in ballots that has made... has created this gigantic, chaotic cloud. That's what it is. They have made it so messy and so huge of a problem. So unverifiable a problem that it almost feels impossible for all this to be done within a day. So it's not one thing or another. Once again, you can thank COVID for this, ladies and gentlemen. This is one thing we're not leaving alone. They're not leaving alone. You can thank COVID for this JCPenney mail home ballot nonsense. And if he does win, you can also thank COVID for the first medically retarded senator in U.S. history. That's that's exactly what this is all about. This is this is all impossible. All impossible. But um, same play. They don't really have that much else to do here. Listen to this one. Zero Hedge, rebunked. Rebunked, Politico warns of hackable voting equipment. What do, you, what, do you, what do you know about that? What do you know about that, ladies and gentlemen? After claiming the 2016 election was hacked and stolen, then insisting that 2020 election deniers are a threat to democracy, left-wing outlet Politico is now warning that surprise election machines, surprise, election machines can be hacked. Here's a quote. There are real risks that hackers could tunnel into voting equipment and other infrastructure to try to undermine Tuesday's vote, according to Monday's report. Politico uh, is quick to hedge, suggesting that safeguards on voting equipment means, quote, any actual hack would probably be localized, quickly detected, and unlikely to affect the final results, but that even an attempt to change votes or the mere allegation of tampering could undermine faith in the outcome. Ah, oh, well, I guess that's all that matters, right? Meanwhile, U.S. officials, want, they want their cake. They want to eat it, too. They want to eat your cake, too. They want to shove your cake up their asses. They want to do whatever the hell they want with whosoever cake they can find. Meanwhile, U.S. officials warn of threats from multiple groups and countries, counties, sorry, should be, oh, countries. 
The U.S. officials charged with protecting election security say they're watching for threats from multiple groups and countries. And in recent months, social media companies and cybersecurity researchers have identified Chinese influence operations aimed at elections. I've also read that there are, I think, 14 states are deploying the National Guard to help secure elections. It's just... This, yeah, listen, you go into it, you do the best you can, you vote as hard as you can. Like I said this morning, I'm going to go vote tomorrow, whether you think it's stupid or not. And I'm going to go into that voting booth, and I'm going to vote so hard that when I walk out, the, the poll watchers are going to go, whoa. We're, we're counting your vote as 10. I've never seen anybody vote that hard before. I'm going to say thank you. I'm going to walk out. I'm going to spit on the ground, and then I'm going to walk out. That's what's going to go down tomorrow. But um, other than that, what can you do? Afterwards, we just sit back and we watch the fireworks because I kind of feel like that we're living in a bomb testing zone. I just kind of feel like we're in, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I feel like we're, it's like the Trinity test. Just gonna, Just bombs going off, weapons testing all over the place. Who knows? All I know is that at 7 o'clock, we'll be back together tomorrow night. I'll have a great lineup of people coming on. I think Adel will stop by. Uh, I'm gonna, I, Around 9.30, we're going to do a simulcast with Matt Christensen. Um, uh, uh, what's, what's him call it? Um, Charlie, Charlie Robinson and a few others. I'm trying to get BCP on the line. So it'll be good. We'll take some, take some calls and read some news and who knows what else. I do have to say something else. It's just a, a wonderful, wonderful thing to have people like Rich Barris stopping in as much as he does. Then again, we've put in the years together, and uh, it's been great to watch him grow. This man has his door getting knocked down by Steve Bannon and Daily Wire and Epoch Times and much, much more. I think he's going to be on Charlie Kirk's show later on tonight, and we have him tonight for almost a whole show. And who knows if he, how, when he drops by over the next few days in the wake of the storm. Who knows? But we have got an A-lister in Rich Barris who comes to hang out and occasionally talks about aliens and all that shit. That's the best part about all this stuff. One thing, uh, going back to the Twitter stuff, because I will ask him about that too. It was, um, it was, I forget what the hell it is. I think it was Tim, Tim Poole who said it earlier on today. That I thought it was a pretty interesting question there about why all these these celebrities are just hightailing it and leaving Twitter. And I think a lot of them are just nutty and they, they just like showing off and, and they want to, this has to be the new thing. It's the easiest way to sacrifice for the cause is to turn off your Twitter account for a little while until the sea change comes again, if it ever does. And, uh, you know, it's more so that I think it is valid to wonder whether or not a lot of people just don't want to be around when the bot sweeps come and negate a lot of their own followers. I mentioned bot sweeps before because certainly I remember when Alec Baldwin was still on Twitter. I used to watch for his tweets because I used to like to, you know, poke at him a little bit. And also because if he does actually use his Twitter account, he definitely saw my replies because even though he had over a million Followers, every time he tweeted, he had engagement of like a couple of hundred people. That's it. Nothing. It was all nonsense. 
so much of these people's followers are such, it's just bullshit. It's bullshit. I'd love to see that. And as much people are talking about advertisers returning to Twitter, I wonder how many are going, how many companies are going to want to sue. I don't know who they would sue at this point now that management changed, but I wonder how many advertisers are going to want to sue Twitter um, when they realize how many millions of dollars in advertising, uh, you know, budgets and all that stuff that they had spent just advertising to AI. I, I, I wonder what, what kind of what kind of recourse they're going to have. Hey, hey, Rich, you there? I am, my friend. How we doing? Oh, you're, oh, you are looking very dapper, my friend. Very snazzy, and I look like you the like nor- the normal schlub that I am. Look at me. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I wish I was in a t-shirt, my friend, but you know what it is? It's a, it's like the Super Bowl, and you in my field, and you've got to get dressed up for the after party. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I, I, I was I was talking to Laura earlier on when we were going over some some stuff for the your your schedule over the next couple of days and uh, <laughs> and, and I mentioned that this this is like Christmas Eve for Santa Claus when it comes to someone like you. Yeah, I will say this though, you know, and I've said this before um, that I love polling, I love politics, I love elections, the whole. You know, it's like, I don't know, it's an excitement for me. I always loved it. I always loved politics and elections. Um, you know, even before part of this was my profession. I love modeling probably the best. I love election modeling, forecasting. Uh, but, you know, we are getting into the holiday season. And I will say this. It, it, it's not election day anymore. There will be updates still, right? But eventually we'll pivot to the holidays. I'm looking forward to spending more time with my kids and, and enjoying the holiday season. I am. It's going to be it's going to be good. I you know I, I am I, this is why I'm excited for it because regardless what happens tomorrow, I have already committed myself to enjoying the holidays. It's been a it's been a everybody uh on a personal level, everybody's got things going on in their lives and and uh, and years go up and down, sometimes they're more down than up and whatever the hell else. And uh, this is too sacred a time of year these last couple of months to let anything get in the way of it. So I figured that we just uh, we just walk through the fire the totally next few agree. days and uh, keep our keep our heads and our wits about us. So, uh, but I'm so happy to have you with us tonight, and you do look great. I um, I want to ask you though. I want to start with this because then I want to talk about the news with you. Just a lot of news items. Give us yeah definitely the biggest developments. Uh, Numbers-wise, the most consequential areas of the country, what are the things you think we should be looking out for the closest going into tomorrow? And uh, and that's how we'll do our numbers tonight. Go ahead. Well, I'll say this right off the bat because we just got it, all right? Um, all throughout the day, a lot of people were watching Arizona, like they were watching Nevada, um, to see the early vote numbers, the final early vote numbers. I got to tell you, you know, because we are tracking this thing to the bitter end, and, um, you know, the bottom line is, you know, we have our models in place to see. Uh, we did have for in Arizona, by the way, we just got the final early vote is where I'm going with this. The final number, which is one point five three million. Frank, that's not enough for Democrats to be comfortable that they're not going to lose their incumbent senator. All right. Period. End of story. Blake Masters has closed the gap. Between, by the way, Data for Progress just came out. They uh, have a Masters Plus One as well, which we did, Emerson did. So there's clearly moved to Masters, but it's so damn close. It really does come down to turnout. Democrats did not turn out the way they did in uh, 2020, 
or even frankly the way they did in 18 when it was very close all right now republicans have more independence in the wind at their back this time as opposed to 2018 when it was they were rushing into the wind if you can think about you know elections like this it was a first term incumbent midterm that was against the republican party in 2018 in 2020 whatever you want to call it the bottom line is however we don't have to get into it but you know where, where we come from democrats still voted like crazy early vote and the lead when the early vote was dumped was much bigger than anybody thought it would be trump got a big election day turnout but it wasn't enough so judging by what we expect to turn out on the republican side tomorrow and taking into consideration what they did republicans all you have to do in arizona is vote go vote don't stay home thinking you have it in the bag um this number 1.53 million is very doable not just for i mean carrie lake i mean i think it's a disaster for katie hobbs i think she's done uh but up and down the ticket fincham homiday Yee, you know horn all of them blake masters they can run the table with this early vote number they have to vote but it can be done it's not the number you know one point one point six was the number where we thought that it was really too close for Blake Masters to be able to overcome that. Uh, and, you know, we were you could play around with the math a little bit to see, well, maybe there's bigger election day here, maybe there's not. Um, but at 1.6, man, that's really difficult to, to overcome unless you get a massive, massive turnout. The reason why I think that Republicans uh, do, are, you know, you, you I, again, don't get complacent, but I do think that they are, is because the numbers we saw going into the primary were really big for Arizona. There's not a big election day vote there culturally, right? Like a tradition. And, um, I, you know, we saw it bigger than usual in 2020. It turned out to be the case. But in, in the primaries, it was like, whoa, something's really crazy here. We pulled it several times and it kept coming back with these big percentages. I'm voting on election day. I'm voting on election day. And they were largely Republican and Republican leaning independents. We're seeing this again now. Why do I believe them? Because it happened in the primary. It actually happened. They shattered records. They turned out in huge numbers, and Kerry Lake broke the, their their models. You know, so um, you know, again, Republicans got to vote if they want to win, but it's within their grasp. It's within their grasp, and I think that's the theme across the country. Let me address Nevada for a second. We have Laxalt and Lombardo up, right? John Ralston, who has done a good job, even though he's a lefty, he's done a good job at least analyzing the early vote. He's been honest up until last night or this morning uh, that Democrats did not hit their targets. They did a little bit better, but they are way below their targets for the so-called Clark County firewall. All right. I, I, there's no denying that. It's not it's not debatable. All right. He, uh, you know, generally gives out data with every prediction he makes. Like, look, here's the update to the early vote. Frank, he didn't do it. And the reason why he didn't do it is only because a handful of mail-ins came in. That was it. Mm. They didn't come anywhere near the number he was touting the entire time. So he predicts Lombardo is going to win the governorship and the Democrats, this lack is done. But Adam Laxalt's going to lose the Senate race, even though multiple polls actually have Laxalt doing better. I think that's a, I think that's debatable. We'll see. We have Lombardo doing a little bit better. Um, but, uh, you know, if I'm wrong, I wouldn't be surprised if it's flipped the other way. It's not, you know, it, but bo bottom line is. It all comes down to that independent margin. And that's why I've been stressing to you this break among especially suburban white women and the Hispanic vote is like a one-two punch to Democrats, dude, that's gonna put them on their butt if it comes out. Because they both votes they thought they had locked up, 
And the last one to carry the state of Nevada, who is not Brian Sandoval, because again, I keep calling him the, the phenom, because he won every county and just romped it. One reelection went more than 70% in the silver state. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's not a normal example, right? Mm. But he uh, that would leave Dean Heller. And he did it by winning the independent vote by 20 points, even though more Democrats had shown up than Republicans. In 2020, it was an even electorate. Tomorrow looks like if they vote again, it looks like the electorate could be R plus. It doesn't matter how many ballots, mail-in ballots there are if people vote. Um, but the point is, you know, he, he's only suggesting that Republicans are going to win independence by five. Nowhere in the polling does that show that that's going to happen. So he's generally giving, uh, you know, just he hates Adam Laxalt. His personal, he personally hates him. So he, there was no data. It was just like Laxalt's going to lose uh, by like a half a point, uh, and Lombardo's going to win by two. Uh, and Adam Laxalt, I, I don't like him for the following reasons. It was outrageous, Frank. Wow. So this is what we're seeing generally across the board. As you know, Florida, they're getting their butt kicked. Lee Zeldin got huge, huge early vote turnout from Hasidics and Ramapo in Brooklyn yesterday. <laughs> I, That's what I I'm don't hearing. know the bright spot for Democrats other than some polls, Frank. I, you know? I, I mean, I know. I know. And, and that's the thing that worries me. That's the thing that worries me, that there's no bright spots here. And, uh, I, well, first of all, Michigan, I heard that that is very tight, very tight with, uh, yeah. with Whitmer. Um, Pennsylvania. He's my sleeper. Yeah? You, you, think that, you think that that could happen? I'll tell you, man, Michigan is constantly understating Republican support. The polls weren't even close in 2020, and it was a nail-biter, you know? So um, 2018, you know, they, but look, a broken clock is right twice a day, right? So if you just keep giving Democrats a ridiculous lead, eventually when you make it to a Democratic cycle, you're going to look like you were right, right? Yeah. So that's the way, that's what's been going on in states like Michigan and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania. They they claim, well, we didn't do that bad of a job in this year, right? Because you have the same size Democratic lead every damn year. And eventually when it's a good Democratic year, you're going to be right. It's not, it's not skill. It's uh, the, we, in American politics, it's like a pendulum. And this is the thing. I mean, going into tomorrow, what everyone should realize, again, go vote. But going into tomorrow, everyone should realize that American politics is like a pendulum. It swings back and forth, back and forth. And at this point, uh, historically speaking, the pendulum is swinging against the Democrats and back to Republicans. And I just, you know, I, I just don't know how you could slice it either way. Modest predictions, fine. You want to be modest? That's great. I, in all my years doing this, I've never she seen the election forecast mafia, the election media, the, the media election mafia. I got to figure out exactly what I want to call them. Yeah. But that crowd, I have never seen them, none of their models, their commentary, their analysis. I have never seen them overstate Democrat, I mean, Republican support. Their forecasts never overstate Republican support by, you know, by and large. They never say Democrats are going to. Uh, lose four seats. Republicans are going to win four seats in the Senate, but then they only win two, Frank. Like, that doesn't happen. Yeah. It's Democrats are going to only lose two seats. Maybe they even have a 50-50 when the night's done, and then Republicans take four. That's the way this has gone. Decades. Decades. It's been like this. I think Deca that Not just Trump. Not since 16. 
They have always been like this, Frank. Well, tell me this now. So, where, where's your heart and your mind? Because like, here, here's where you, I, where I understand you as a professional need to just keep, stay focused. Obviously, you're an independent, yeah. you're an independent thinking guy, and you you have your own opinions about how the world works and all that shit. Um, but absolutely, as, I do. As yeah. as a professional, though. You need to analyze a couple of very hard uh, sets of numbers. Uh, votes that are coming in, what's being tallied, votes that are still out there, what is being reported from certain districts, and you're just doing math. Afterwards, you can speculate as to what happens if things feel fishy or whatever, but right now, you're just you're giving it to us from a mathematical standpoint. There is a, yeah. uh, there, there's whatever. Now, when you hear something like this, a headline from John Fetterman, who pretty much regurgitated the Axios line about a red mirage coming. What does that do to your stomach? I responded to Charles Payne about this earlier today on Fox Business because he said, when I see things like this, I get a pit in my stomach, right? And my point is, Charles Payne is not some kind of radical election denier, okay, in, as they define it. By the way, nobody is a bigger election denier than the left. They have been denying the legitimacy of elections they have lost since at least 2000, over and over and over. Um, you know, I, I, I hate it because it, this can all be fixed rather easily. The state of Pennsylvania can easily fix these problems with minor changes to their state election laws and their procedures in which they verify ballots. They don't do it, and there's no good reason for them not to do it. That being said, do you know how you can really thwart them, people? Yeah. Vote. You take their your vote now comes. Look, imagine all the voters they're looking at who didn't vote. All right, and they're looking at this pool and they're saying, "What a big delicious pie!" All right, let's call it a pie. What a big delicious pie! If I take a slice of this delicious pie, then nobody's going to notice, right? If you vote, you're shrinking the size of the pie they can eat on you. All right, so vote. It's that simple. They can't, you know, if you leave yours on the table, I'm being, I'm trying to be, you know, don't leave your pie on the table for someone else to eat. You understand what I'm saying here? Yes. Everybody got it? The big wink? Okay. Vote. And, uh, you know, I think that you will see Oz get creamed on that initial whatever has been voted by on mail uh you know he, he's going to lose that pretty overwhelmingly but they're releasing this because they know that by the end of tomorrow night oz will have a lead and they intend to try to drip 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 until you know it is what it is so they have a, a, a an outcome that they can live with however you can make it so it's not possible just vote just vote that's a Congress like says the margin of pie eating. It's the, right? the only people. Code. Yeah, no. It's, it, it, as I said before, it's the only thing that could be could happen. All you can do is vote, observe, and get on with your holiday. And we just got to see what the next steps are. I know a lot of people who showed up in 2020. Uh, uh, two or three of them in Pennsylvania alone who showed up to vote and not leave their pie on the table, and it had already been eaten. That was the other problem. <laughs> some of their pies yeah, had already, you know, right. somebody had already eaten their pies for them. They were already signed for and everything. It was very odd. So we'll see if that happens again. You know, and uh, I got to tell you, it does look like Republicans kind of gotten their act together in a lot of these places, though. I don't know how much, um, you know what, well, we'll see in some of these. There are some hardcore areas. 
where if you try to observe, they'll kick the crap out of you. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm so you know it, and I know it, Frank. You watch these little yuppies on TV pretend like that doesn't happen when you and I are basically from like the hardcore areas of New York. Like we know that's a load of crap. You go to make sure that that's all right. You may get smacked. You know, it, what are you doing over here? Can I check out what you're doing? Get out of here! You get chased with a bat down the street by a team. Yeah, well, that's. I not, mean, are you joking? That, Come on, Frank. You know that's true. Well, right? so, but not in my neighborhood. Yeah, Republican. Yeah. Right. I mean, Republicans though uh, did a great job in Virginia. Not so good in New York, but a great. I mean, New Jersey. Great job in Virginia, and I think that uh, you know at least they're well positioned to at least try to look at what they look at how diligent they've been in Arizona. I mean, Democrats have tried to fo- file uh, lawsuits. Don't you find it funny, Frank, that with them watching these boxes, there are only 1.53 million early votes? Don't you find that remotely interesting? It's almost like Brenda Snipes is fired in Broward County and Republican share of the vote goes from 23% to 34. Like, it's just, these are all very coincidental to me, Frank. I mean, you guys, getting into... An argument over this stuff with these other data nerds that are in my industry is just ridiculous. It's like they fell off the turnip truck yesterday or something. Yeah. I'm serious. You know, they have no street smarts, and those who do are just liars. They're just liars. Like Larry Sabato, as if he doesn't know that Richard Nixon's daddy, I mean that um, uh, John F. K- JFK's daddy robbed Richard Nixon in 19. Right? Come on. Yeah. He, I know. Of course he knows that. He knows all that. Of course he does. Everybody knows about Joe Kennedy. He's a liar. They all know about it. There's no doubt about it. Joe Kennedy and the rest of the bootleggers. It's 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 like that second. That's real history right there. I wish it was taught more. And maybe one day it will be a little yes. bit more. It'll be a little bit more comfortable to talk about this stuff. Uh, Politico. They now suddenly they're worrying about hackable machines. <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> um, then we have. But here's the one I wanted to ask you about. Um, Elon Musk. Today, he made a lot of people re, a lot of people re when he said this. Oh, yes. To independent-minded voters, shared power curbs the worst excesses of both parties. Therefore, I recommend voting for a Republican Congress, given that the presidency is Democrat. Now, I don't, um, I think this is a, this is a pretty stupid way to approach things uh if it's just that oh wait if it's a republican then let's vote for a democrat congress that's you're getting away from that's what i was gonna say yeah it's it's ridiculous but either it's way like, oh i'm i'm a moderate okay so what does that mean you have no views like you, you have no principles right I, I, don't, I don't know what you know and i hate you know that part of polling that you know that's just how the that's the vocabulary we we use but it's frustrating to me because it's like have anyone has anyone really put any thought to this and that's like elon musk okay the presidency is democratic so vote republican well elon if you don't agree with what the president's doing you vote against them regardless regard you know what the hell are you talking and about? not only if that but does that is that supposed to mean that the status quo right now is so good that we need to preserve it through stalemate? I mean, this is not yeah. this is where we are right now is is horrible. Great point. It's horrible. What the hell are you say? You you, you you this is the way you think about things in 1794 when you don't want to let yep. you don't want to let anything grow at all. We have to keep this frozen where it is. But my question to you here is now I know that that was um, I know that was only this morning. 
But what does that? Uh, what do you think that does to influence decision making at the polls at this point in the game? Number one and number two. Yeah. With his new ownership position at Twitter, will public stances like this cause him big problems in the future? Well, I mean, I, I think the answer to the second question is uh, is probably yes. I, although I'm not sure how much of it is really being earnest here, Frank. He's had a lot of blowback from the right given some of the moves that he's made. I mean, he's talking about uh, prote- you know policing speech and then as if that's his job. Hey, he's using phrases like hate speech and meeting with people like the ADL. I mean, this is like so he got a lot of blowback from that. And I almost sort of wonder if whether or not that was just like a nugget to try to shut the right up and to win them back over. But I will say, in in fairness, uh, and in his defense. He did, uh, during the special election, Myra Flores in Texas 34, he did um, tweet publicly in support of Myra Flores and said, you know, Republicans are winning Hispanics because they're the ones who are talking to voters. Republicans, uh, you know, you should vote Republican. He he did say that back then, but somebody with a a microphone like Elon Musk, I mean, if you really were going to try to make a difference, you could have done it a little bit more consistently. Right. Mm -hmm. And a little bit more vocally before there were millions and millions and millions of vote cast. Right. So I don't know. You know, I'm skeptical of it. Given the the rationale of what he said in that tweet, Frank, then so what if uh, Trump or Ron DeSantis or whoever the hell it is, because it's so far away, politics, you know, a month is a long time. Whoever it is in 2024, if they beat the Democrat, if it's Joe Biden, I don't think it will be. But if it is or if it's somebody else. Is so come 2026, if they're doing a great job and inflation's under control, the economy's rebounding, the world's not falling apart, North Korea is not lobbing ICBMs over Seoul, yada, 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 then he's what? Going to vote Democrat because right. of divided it's government? Stupid. It I mean, is. it's a stupid comment. It's just a, a for such a smart guy. And I know he's smart. I've listened to him and uh, especially his discussions on space. And you know how I feel about that. Yeah. Um, you, you know, I, I, he's a bright guy. He understands big picture stuff when it comes to that. I have a hard time understanding how somebody who understands that the human race must space explore to survive. He's like a, a big enough, like far enough brain to understand that makes such a dumbass comment like vote republican because joe biden's a democrat i i just in my world i can't make that work you know how do you how do you make that the same guy like you're entirely too smart to say something so stupid i know it's just such a very i don't know it's a to reduce it to that is uh is I don't know. It's just so stupid. But anyway, inflation, Frank. I mean, inflation. People who aren't as rich as he is suffering day in and day out. Uh, What about the families of of the Marines and other service members who were killed because Joe Biden botched Afghanistan? What about the entire family Joe Biden vaporized and then told the entire country that it was an ISIS member in Afghanistan he killed out of retaliation for the attack in Kabul? I mean, on and on and on. All of that. None of that matters. Joe Biden's a Democrat, so we need to divide But not only that, this is this is a guy who just who just put together a forty-four billion dollar buyout of a social media, a major social media company, for the main reason that it was being run to the ground by ideological subversives uh, who who don't favor free speech and are connected solely to this party. For, and, and, you know, and a great number and great reason why they are in power like they are is because so many of the schemes that have been employed to get them where they are have been suppressed 
by prior management at Twitter. I mean, that would be a, a, yeah. a great re- you, you, there's 44 billion you just spent because of because of a uh, you know a, a collusion with this party. You, this is all you can come up with is we need to do we just need to have stalemate as a standard. Horrible, horrible. Anyway, wanted to bring that up. Um, interesting this things great, though great out of the uh, the media. CNN fact checking Biden for whatever the hell it's worth. MSNBC a pretty stunning, stunning um, yeah. uh, time with Kathy Hochul telling her, "No, we don't feel safe. Safe. Stop downplaying crime." Uh, wh- what do you think? What do you think about the, the at least the the willingness to to play play ball a little bit and not throw the softballs too much? I actually don't think that that's what's going on. I think it's genuine um, fear and disappointment. I think that they were in a bubble for so long, it's hard for them to admit to themselves that this didn't work, right? Uh, they interviewed the voter in Pennsylvania, and he's a Democratic voter, and they're like, oh, who'd you vote for? And they were like, he was like, Mehmet Oz, and they were like, what? You know? And he was like, yeah, you got, you know, you guys just didn't talk about the issues. You didn't, you messed everything up. Inflation is horrible. And you didn't speak about the issues. All you cared about was January 6th and abortion and, you know, and everything is destroyed. And I don't think they're willing to look in the mirror. And right now the election hasn't happened yet, but they are fearing what could be a Republican route. And they're not willing, because they never are, to look in the mirror and, 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 take on that part of that responsibility uh if indeed it happens for their role in this screw up so they're looking to now the leaders the politicians the ones who crafted the message that they carried water for and they're blaming them and they're they're actually just lashing out at them did you see what i mean katie hobbs another one you know joe scarborough now in morning mika you know they're and they all were piling on and agreeing with joe scarborough they were like you know what she's ba- basically she's a coward she ceded arizona to uh why did you cede arizona to Kerry lake he said uh you know you wouldn't debate fine but you don't talk to voters you don't hold events you're too scared to talk to voters he said you know and it's like <laughs> no joe and he frank they know the strategy she didn't debate Kerry Lake because Kerry Lake would have wiped the damn floor with her the same way that Trump, uh, that Biden could not deal with Trump one-on-one. So instead, they looked at how they played it with Biden in 2020. He hides in the basement. He calls it a lid to the press at, at noon and disappears for the rest of the day, you know, takes a nap, a pill, you know, whatever, puts on a new, new pair of Depends, and they sell the message for him. They tried to do that this year. Fetterman can't talk, don't worry. But then Fetterman's own polling showed that the race was dead even. So we said, damn, this accusation I won't debate, it's hurting me, I have to go debate. It didn't go well, but it was a risk he had to take. They know their role. Their role was to take the issues that those guys were you know, uh, pushing on the campaign trail and in messages because they raised an ungodly amount of money in between the, the, the ads, the targeting, uh, the targeted stuff digitally and all the other messaging tactics that are involved in this and the media reinforcing it. They felt that they could redo or re, uh, you know, basically recreate uh, the strategy in 2020. And now they're starting to dawn on many of them that, you know what? It doesn't look like this worked. No. And I think we may be in some real trouble here. It's your freaking fault. That's what they're doing to each other now. Well, they could, it hasn't even happened yet. They can't do least. anything. They can't do anything if they're not at it's least too late. creating. Uh, you know, right now it is. 
But, you know, if they're going to try to do that, like I, I, I said all throughout 2020 that Joe Biden's campaign was created in the, uh, the video editing room at CNN. There was nothing. They, yeah. no, they had nothing. He did a couple of calls. Very, very. Uh, and the calls were going terrible. The scripted calls. Yeah. He kept reading all. That's when he started reading all the liner notes on the side of the. We saw that everything was scripted. And they had to give. They had to do something to make it seem like he was actually leaving the house. That's when Brian Stelter went on for 15 minutes about how. Joe Biden went for a bike ride, and he looked very, very strong and virile. And uh, and, and this whole shit, I mean, but you know what? If someone like Kerry, uh, if, if it's someone like uh, Hobbs and the other one, uh, Fetterman, this is something where they weren't even giving the media anything to run on. They, they weren't creating any media, nothing. There was no... There was nothing. There's no video. There was no audio clips. There was nothing. But the other, the other side all over the place and i guess it's one thing if you have all the king's horses and all the king's men concentrating on joe biden but it's uh it's a it's a lot harder when you have all these people out there from the collective networks trying to split all of their attention among multiple uh candidates at this point and none of them are doing anything you you got to throw them a bone yeah they basically alternate don't they i mean one day uh, I don't know if you saw the study on the coverage of Kerry Lake. It was the most negative of any candidate. I mean, it was like, you know, the, the, the local media does their job. I mean, Frank, a great example, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Why does the Free Beacon, the Washington Free Beacon, have to be the one to break the story about Raphael Warnock's church, who gives him thousands of dollars a month in a stipend and a residence to live in? Why isn't the Atlanta Journal-Constitution the flagship paper in Georgia? Why didn't they have the story about Raphael Warnock evicting people during COVID for, for falling behind their rent during COVID? $25 evicted. I mean, why are, why did the Washington Free Beacon have to have to uh, you know break that story? The Daily Wire just a couple of days ago. Why are they the ones to break the story about Katie Hobbs's husband? Uh, you know, with the gender reassignment of a ten-year-old. Why do they have to be the one to do that? The, you know, so it's not just the national news. These local outlets carry the hell out of the water for Democrats. Again, in the model, we actually have a name for this. It's called the media handicap. Maybe I need to, you know, re- rename it because back when we first started the model, it was basically part of you know the the coverage and messaging aspect was the candidate getting their message out and candidate quality and all of that um but you know at the end of the day you have to acknowledge whether someone is has an unfair advantage and whether one is an unfair disadvantage and at this point it's you know there's no local news uh that really once upon a time they would be counted on to be a little bit more adversarial even against their you know their preferred party the democratic party that is not the case anymore and you know I mean, they didn't even tell the people of arizona that katie hobbs was one of them one of them could you imagine if carrie lake was a twice convicted racist i mean basically i'm ser- i'm serious yeah. Imagine if they ran someone who was essentially a convicted racist. Imagine if Republicans ran that person. Would it not be a headline every day? Terry Lake just had white powder mailed to her office. The whole campaign office is going to be shut down at definitely until the campaign is over, which is tomorrow. Uh, but shut them down in the final few days of the campaign. Somebody mailed white powder, obviously, with the intention to stop operations in the final days. 
we heard about Paul Pelosi and this weird story that makes no sense, pretending like this guy is a MAGA Republican 24-7. Joe Biden gave an entire speech on it, blaming Donald Trump and MAGA Republicans, extremists, and how if you don't vote Democrat, then you're in favor of like all of this stuff and you're a threat to democracy. Uh, nothing, nothing hmm. on these news networks about Kerry Lake. An oddball mention skewing it so it doesn't come back to Katie Hobbs in any way. And that's it. By the way, they went nuts over the, the vandalism story at Katie Hobbs's office. They went nuts over it, remember that? Yeah. And it turned out that was probably a total hoax. And Carrie Lake was right. She said, this has Jesse Smollett written all over it. And it looks like it did. Oh, any time. I mean, take, take a look at the perpetrator, Frank. Is that a MAGA Republican? No. Come on, no, man. No, no. That, I, whenever I hear stories like that, I my, I just roll my eyes at this point. I roll my eyes. But you, you're talking about where's Matt? the footage from Paul Pelosi's house, Frank? Where's love, the footage? I would love to know. And if you do, it, you know, Megyn Kelly was right. She was like, it, it went and attacked the hell out of the New York Times. They listed her as someone who was pushing misinformation, a conspiracy theorist about the Paul Pelosi story, and she just was like, you know what? Up yours. It's called journalism. Maybe you've heard of it. Do your damn job. They have a tape. We should see the tape. You're jumping to conclusions. You don't have all the facts. You don't know. You're not supposed to, as a journalist, take the word of a political figure or take the word of the police uh, You know that are involved, by the way, with the political figure. You don't take the word. You look for evidence to verify or, and cor or corroborate or disprove a story that is being told. That is what a journalist is supposed to do, but uh, they don't do it. You know, you you mentioned you mentioned the, the media handicap over the weekend. A few people, uh, it's in, including uh, Project Veritas, they are kind of celebrating yep. the three-year anniversary of uh, exposing ABC for spiking the Jeffrey Epstein story that Amy Robach was working on. And yep. I, I was thinking, I was laughing at it as I was watching this because when they when that came out three years ago, and we're watching, we're listening to Amy Robach say we had Clinton, we had everyone, but this was during 2016. They were trying so hard to get Hillary into the White House. They didn't want any problems going on there, and none whatsoever. Even though it, 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 this guy had gone to Jeffrey Epstein's island over 25 times, uh, it, it, incredible stuff. But I, as I'm watching this, Amy Robach. Um, you know, this uh, this kind of mea culpa, hot mic moment where she's just venting about ABC spiking mm -hmm. the, all the work she did on Epstein. Oh, guilt. I'm thinking to myself, this is another reason why I laugh at the Pelosi situation. Because, I mean, it, 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 obviously it's a cover-up. To me, until I see something else, it's just a cover-up of a very embarrassing peek into the private lives yes. of, of people like Paul Pelosi. I don't think that there was anything uh, systemic or, or uh, you know, going on there or like an operation. It's just an embarrassing personal faux pas. Me too. If you want to do that. That's but, exactly what I think and, it is. And still, remember and, Ed Buck, Frank? Oh, do you yeah. remember Ed Buck? Yeah, but we're talking about murder on that respect. But yeah. That, yeah, I, that and happened. I, I, and I yeah. brought up Ed Buck. I said, you know what? This guy is a psychologically disturbed vagrant who was in this house. Ed Buck was taking, uh, uh, was taking homeless black prostitutes off of the street putting him in cowboy boots and giving them meth. This is the same yeah. kind of of just like sadistic bullshit that we've seen before, but the, the, the cover-up for this, it was so much sloppier that you can tell it wasn't really that important, just personally embarrassing. 
because and that guy from uh what is it good morning america or what who did it it was an nbc uh story yeah. the other day on uh, right and they took it down took the video down um that guy is going to be uh you know he's definitely getting passed over okay let me put it that way he's going to be relegated uh to desk duty for doing his job for doing his job. I know. He obviously had some people tell him that the interaction was odd when they got to the house. 30 minutes, Frank? What the hell happened in 30 minutes? What happened in the 30 minutes, Frank, before the police arrived? This story makes no sense. I, I mean, know. Well, it does if you come at it from a different point of view. But it yeah. doesn't with what they're trying to sell. It and really, let's look at the profile of this guy. Kid, really. I mean, let's look at the profile of this young man. Does he does he reek of MAGA Trumpism to you? Mm -mm. Are we see are, this is like a little bit at this point a little bit humorous. I think along the lines of what you think that this is an extremely embarrassing moment for the Pelosi family and they're trying to figure out what to do with it. Um, and by the way, it would help them in their you know pursuit of the election, right? Yeah. It would help them to spin it in that way. And if you don't think, if you think that sort of stuff is beneath them, ladies and gentlemen, then you were born yesterday. I mean, you are naive. The powerful people and their families are freaking weird. They're weird. I mean, these are not like you and I, okay? They're not. These are oddball people. Most of them. A lot of them. You know? Yeah. <laughs> San well, Francisco. Two words. One taste. Okay? That's what people do in San Francisco, Roger. <laughs> well, then, I, then I, got, I got two more questions for you then. Number one, because I saw you already put a little bit, uh, a, a little bit on this story. I don't watch yeah. any of the rallies and stuff like that, but I heard about the shade that uh, Donald Trump uh, sent over to Ron DeSantis on the weekend, called him Ron DeSanctimonious or something like that. Uh, got a lot of people... I'm so glad you're going to let me respond to this. Go ahead. Okay, because it got a lot of people scratching their heads. It turned a lot of other people off. Uh, me, and I don't particularly care one way or another. I just was watching and I, 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 mentioned, I, I noticed it. But um, what do you think the hell is going on with that? Yeah, and just to let people know, you know, I think Ron DeSantis is a great governor, and I don't particularly, you know, care about the inner machinations of, uh, you know, what's going on between him and Donald Trump. What I do care about is that people have the entire story. And I know there was a bit of a blow-off by DeSantis to come and help Doug Mastriano out, and that's probably uh, part of it, but there is something else going on, all right? And I thought that people should know what's going on, which is why I published that thread on Twitter, only to have the DeSantis team do something that really makes my skin crawl, which is run to favorable media to try to dis to um, dispute the story. But he did what Democrats do, and he did what typical politicians do. He did not refute my central allegations. He turned them into something I never said, and then denied that. That's what he did. I never said. Let me. I'm so glad you're letting me respond to this because I'm the subject of all these fake news. Not a single one of these media outlets picked up the phone and called me, ladies and gentlemen. Not one. Not for a statement. Not to ask me what I was talking about. Not to ask me if I have names and dates. They were doing the bidding of DeSantis because they're DeSantis-friendly outlets, especially Florida Voice. Are you kidding me? Anyway, I never said that Ron DeSantis met with Mitch, uh, with uh, um, Kevin McCarthy and Paul Ryan together in some skull and bones-like meeting in a secret dark room where they plotted the evil conspiracy to take down Donald Trump. 
That is not what I said. And the fact they even made that up is should tell you everything you need to know. What I said, and it's 100% true, is that McCarthy and Ryan and other establishment figures have been using donors and surrogates for months to lobby Ron DeSantis to run against Donald Trump. They have no intention of supporting Donald Trump in 2024 if and when he announces his run. They need a foil to try to split the party because they'd rather lose than allow Donald Trump to win again. And if you think I'm freaking lying, look at what they did with Doug Mastriano. That entire ploy to the RGA pulling Doug, pulling support from Doug Mastriano is not because they didn't think he could win. They thought he could win. And they did not want him to be the governor of Florida if and when Donald Trump ran again, or the governor of Pennsylvania, if and when Donald Trump ran again because the Keystone State is the key to another Trump presidency. Everybody knows it. So they'd rather have a Democrat mismanage the handling of elections and prevent Donald Trump from being the president again. All right. So for DeSantis to claim that he hasn't been hearing from Ryan's folks, McCarthy's folks, uh, all of these establishment types, he's lying. It's that simple. I know it for a fact. He knows it for a fact. This is a BS denial. And he's doing it like a Democrat does, Frank. Like, oh, you've been talking to Russians. I never met in New York City at this point with that Russian. I didn't say you did, but you've been talking to them, right? So that's the kind of game they're playing here. Uh, and by the way, if he doesn't bite, which what I've been hearing is that he's increasingly biting. Once you get bit by the presidential bug, it's tough, folks, and you want to be president. People blow your head up. They tell you how good you are and how great you are. The DeSantis push is absolutely being pushed by never Trump. And I understand that there's some really good conservatives out there who love Ron DeSantis. You should. He's a good governor. But he's big sugar, hedge fund, and establishment bankroll. And you can't dispute me on that. You can say whatever it is you want to say. But Donald Trump is fueled by working class people in Macomb County, Michigan, who give him 5 to $50. Ron DeSantis is bankrolled by Big Sugar Hedge Funds and the establishment. Go look at it. And by the way, all of these denials and freaking Costa comes out. There's a report in Bloomberg with a big donor saying, you know, I, I, I got to defend Ron DeSantis here. He should go forward with his plans as we've been talking about for 2024. And this, you know, what are you talking about? In Politico, it says in consultation with McCarthy. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. In consultation with McCarthy, he, they said he should still go forward with 2024. What does still mean, Frank? Why would you, you can't use the word still if it never happened. Right. They're lying to you, folks. They used a twist and a play of words to try because they know what I tweeted, which is go look at how many times it's been tweeted and retweeted, Frank. Go look at it. We'll look at if it. you want to, it's thousands. They looked at that thread and they said, oh, shit. Somebody dropped it and spilt the milk. You know, somebody spilt the beans. And they were scrambling to respond to it. I never said they met the three of them together, but absolutely the Ryan team, the McCarthy team, they have been after him for months to do it. Give me a freaking break denying that the way he did. And frankly, I'm really disturbed that he pulled like a Bill Clinton. That's what he did. He pulled a Bill Clinton, started playing with the words and the meaning of is is, 
right? Instead of just being, no, I never personally met with them. But yes, there have been people who have come up to me who would really like to see me run. That's the honest answer. And, and also, that's it, the honest answer. That's the truth, and he knows it. It He's also creates it creates a little bit uh, creates a little bit of, of discord there, because. And it, I love him, but he lied. If it was if it was that simple, if it was that simple, now it it, it makes people wonder. Okay, well, if if they just contacted you, but there really is no, there's no game planning uh, taking place between you and these other, uh, you know, these GOP assholes that nobody likes. You know, it, it, still, again, people, I, I, it's like when, whenever you and I get get together and talk about this, I, I know that you feel the same kind of uh, tug. We have to talk in this ridiculous binary two-party paradigm uh, uh, world to be able to explain what's going on with the polls and how people are are assessing whatever candidates are are being floated out for the mainstream but by and large people don't like republicans they don't like the republican party they they sometimes they they look at votes as a a very tragic you know pepsi versus coke situation here and um yeah and you know so it's someone like desantis or anybody if they know that it's getting out that they've been meeting with someone like Paul Ryan or Mitch McConnell, uh, don't can don't... I read a couple? Yeah, can please. Can I read? I'm gonna read because some people are like, oh, you just make this up. Let me explain this to you. I can't give away some names because I don't want to blow them up, Frank. But I'm gonna read straight up, okay? Right here, right now. I just I forgot to even you know I I, I was gonna do this in a video on my own show and address it, but I, I have been holding fire because of the midterms. I don't want. I didn't want to create something but then trump and his you know how trump is i mean i don't know why some people are still surprised when trump does something like this like that's donald trump you know you 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 if you want the good with the bad you you stop fooling yourself and yeah i know it annoys a lot of people but why are you surprised when it happens but anyway donor who is not a normal Republican donor, although he is now he's from an industry where Democrats largely control this area so he never really jump ship. He personally is a Republican, like a lot of these guys are, but he always gave to Democrats because he was hedging his bets. And if you want to survive in this industry, you got to you got to grease the wheel. All right. Now, he loved Donald Trump and became a Republican donor during the era of Donald Trump, has been deciding whether or not he wants to keep giving his freaking mills to Republican causes, but he doesn't know which way the party's going to go. He's at a fundraiser for a very well-known congressman, all right? And he says to the congressman, hey, you know, basically, uh, you know, we're going to we're gonna win big on uh, in November, and then it's onward to 24 to get our, you know, to get our president back in so you guys can have a real president to work with. Congressman replied, very close to Kevin McCarthy, even though he personally is much more conservative than Kevin McCarthy, he does have a good relationship with him. He said, no, I don't think we are going to back him, Trump, this time. Leader McCarthy and Ryan have been lobbying Governor DeSantis, and if it's not him, they really like Glenn Youngkin. All right? oh, That's a no. direct quote, all oh, right? God. On and on and on. I got this text after it blew up, all right? He's lying. You know he's lying. I know he's lying. Your post on DeSantis was spot on. Just awesome. It'll all come out. Stay. stay I'm not going to repeat that. It's got curse words in it. All right, but... That's one of the people. That's Jeez. a totally different person that relayed that to me. This is beyond one, two, three people. This is happening. And by the way, I saw people on Twitter denying that it's happening, who I know, know for a fact, they've heard it too. They, they're in the same circles. 
it's disgusting. Wow. The difference between, I think, me and everybody else is that when, like, Trump is lying, I'm going to tell you Donald Trump is lying. When Ron DeSantis is lying, I'm going to tell you Ron DeSantis is lying. Like, I don't have loyalty to politicians the way apparently a lot of these people do. I don't give a damn. That's not my job. I'm in the polling industry, and I'm doing it publicly, I would say, because it's very much the same as why a journalist would want to become a journalist. I wanted to give the truth when I knew people were lying to the American public. And so, I mean, that's that's really my main motivation behind trying to give more accurate information, Frank. When I see somebody, you know, basically lying like this, I'm going to bring it up. It's so typical. I mean, that's it. And it's so typical to, to for them to be sitting back and, and schmoozing donors and squilling their wine and their champagne behind the scenes while Donald Trump yeah. is out there stumping to get them a majority in Congress again. They're, they're gonna they're gonna let him go out there and, 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 and tour the country and rally people behind behind candidates that will get them a majority uh, but but then, of course, as soon as the midterms are over and everything is going to be full focus on for 2024, that's when the knives come out, of course. Frank, this isn't a defense of Donald Trump for me or you even saying this, but let me he would not be the governor of Florida if it wasn't for Donald Trump. Everybody knows it. He was going to. First of all, he would have lost to Adam Putnam in the primary, he would have gotten his ass kicked by Adam Putnam. He would have wiped the floor with Ron DeSantis if Donald Trump did not step in. Everybody knows it. And yet still, he was running very poorly against Andrew Gillum. He made a stupid monkeying it up. Remember that? The, oh, monkeying it all up. We don't, we're doing so good in Florida with Rick Scott. We don't need to elect Andrew Gillum and monkey it all up. Andrew Gillum, of course, is black. He said that stupid ass comment. Donald Trump had to come in, stump for him, save him, endorse him, praise him, right? He, and, he, and he won by 30,000 votes, Frank, that's it. If it wasn't, because I know I was there, the reason why Republican turnout was as, was as high as it was in 2018 is because Florida is Trump country. And they were saying, they were making a unified statement because they knew they were gonna try to impeach him. Not our president, not our president, you don't. Oh no, you don't. That's what Florida Republicans were doing when they ran out like an army of voters and bucked the national trend in a pro-democratic environment. They went out there and they did that for Trump. He was elected on the backbone of that. That's it. Now, if you owe something, somebody like that so much, what kind of, why would anyone think? Let me ask a really serious question. If he's willing to, and I'm not saying he is, maybe he turns, maybe he turns eventually to these people and says, screw you. And he sounds more like the Ron DeSantis I heard in Naples, what, not even a year ago. When he said, you know, that's the president's, you know, the, the, I have no intention of running for president. If Trump wants to run, that's his lane, you know. That's what he said months and months, almost a year ago. Very different now, apparently. Um, but let's say he does tell him to stick it. That's fine. But if he doesn't, why would people think he would have real much loyalty to you, the voter, if he stabbed in the back of the man he owes everything to? Mm-hmm. I, you, you understand what I'm saying? I yeah. don't know. Maybe I'm old-fashioned, Frank. I don't my friends over you no, know what yeah. i mean like that you know i mean maybe i'm old-fashioned like that Ooh, you, you gotta take note it's a, it's a it's politics rich that's the way it goes no it's humanity 
No, you you have to take. What are you talking about? You got to take note of things like that, and that's why it it, it made it's a lot of people. Character and integrity. What the hell are you talking about? It's your politics. tweets made a lot of people double take, and uh, that's why as soon as I saw that, he's comment, lying, Frank. I I, I hey, listen. My witness, he's lying. I believe you. I, I I I do believe you, and that's why I said and this is one of the things I had to ask you about tonight. I'm glad I did because I, I'm pretty sure we got a, a a great exclusive on that one, and. Um, I guess the last thing I'd have to ask you before we uh, we because what are you doing r later on tonight? Are you going on Charlie Kirk's show? I saw that getting around. I went on already. I don't know if he's going to have me on again later. Maybe he is. Oh. Um, but you know, we're setting up the equipment, making sure everything's good to go. We're going to do a live coverage stream. I told Laura to hook up with you too because we're going to be able to bounce off of people's shows. But we're going to have live election results. i got to show you the links. I'll share the links with you. So you well, you already know this Zoom link is yours. I, I told Laura, I said, you know, as far as election night goes, I understand that you, you have been contacted by the, the biggest shows on the Internet. So you do what you got to do. And if you ever have five, ten minutes open and you want to come hang out with us and give us an update, just jump in. It does not matter what the hell. I, I'll be on a little bit later than 9 o'clock tomorrow. I won't be on all night, but uh, it, it's totally up to you you have many ways to find out if we're still live and you you pop in whenever and if, if it doesn't work out tomorrow then maybe we have you on for 15 minutes on wednesday for a post-mortem who knows yeah if that if it doesn't happen tomorrow we'll definitely do that but i thought actually laura did find some some time in between because it's going to be mostly rav we're going to have one whole thing set up for um for rav so speaking of charlie kirk you know arizona will close way late you know basically and we're going to see the early vote it's going to be ugly for republicans although actually now that that vote totals came in it's probably not going to be that ugly for republicans but well then we'll get election day and we'll watch that margin tighten um but it will be late for arizona so it probably will be charlie kirk by that time i don't know i, I really don't know um to be determined laura came in with her hands on the hips to say <laughs> we don't know how long steve is going to go so uh midnight. till midnight okay so i, I don't know laura knows because laura's the ball she just tells me to do it and i just do it brother all right so she's setting up that equipment uh well you know it doesn't look like i'll be ha hopping on like once or twice an hour over to daily wire we're just going to be doing a few few like updates with them and that's cool uh but you know we're gonna we're gonna be doing that but we are going the entire time barnes apparently is going to join me we're going to be doing our uh look for people who don't understand i know they may get mad to see that it may cost you five ten or twenty five ten or fifteen depending on the tier you get to watch the coverage of the stream live but let me believe me when i tell you that these maps and results cost a fortune so that's the only reason why I'm doing like a membership YouTube thing as like a pay-per-view. Um, it'll help us chip, put a dent in it, hopefully. Um, but we love to do it for people every year because, frankly, the guys we partner with are faster than the AP. If you turn on Fox News, they don't know what the hell they're talking about, right? So I will be honest with everybody right now and tell you, the only network or cable news uh, election analyst who knows really what he's talking about, and you're going to be surprised. He works for MSNBC. His name is Steve Kornacki. He's the only one who really understands what he's looking at. 
and the rest of them are mediocre at best. So, for, like, interest Arizona, just talking about that, the primary with Kerry Lake and Karen Taylor Robson, if you were watching Fox, CNN, any place, they would have been telling you it's over for Kerry Lake, this this 10-point, almost 10-point early vote lead by Robson is too much to overcome. We were saying bull, you know what. And then when the Election Day vote came in and it tightened, they were all talking about the late arriving mail-in ballots. We have granular polling and exit data we knew those ballots where people were like 2,000 mules voters who were like i don't trust the mail man i'm not going to give him my ballot so instead i'm going to drop it off on election day you shouldn't have done that in arizona by the way that's going to take like 11 days to count now but we knew and that seems like that ha that happened in pennsylvania it was happening everywhere and i gotta be honest searching the internet looking at everybody's stuff the only one who knew like we knew was steve quinacki Hmm. He and it's not the first time he has really set himself aside from everybody else. Dave Washerman is like is like schizophrenic in his election projections. He doesn't wait for enough to come in. This is guy is probably done. This is like you know what? It's uh, probably certainly almost likely could be uh, that this happened. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, he I doesn't have an idea really when the election results come in. Um, so yeah, I mean it, this is why I like to do it because. I can imagine as a news consumer, it's incredibly frustrating. It, it has you know? to be, so, it, 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 and I know it is. But it, it's great to it's great to have found people like you and Barnes, and and to see how there's this great circuit of shows that has uh, that has appeared on this this parallel new media space on the internet and it really may i i don't watch television for on election night anymore because i i know who i can go to and i know who i'm following on twitter and and following people like you of course i do my own show but uh 2020 i i have this 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 memory a lot of memories of 2020 i'll never forget but uh on election night in 2020 i was i was still sleeping on the couch I slept on the couch from when we got home with the baby from the hospital until I think uh, Thanksgiving or something, uh, something like that, because she had to she was sleeping in the bed next to Lauren, so I was the odd man out. So I was on the couch for a couple of months, and I remember, <laughs> I remember getting home that night on election night, and things were they had all all the pipes had burst, they had already turned off all the lights, and I'm laying there on the couch. I'm watching Bannon, you and Bannon at like 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, I'm just on my phone. And that that is election night to me. It's going to be wherever the hell Rich shows up, that's it. Uh, before we go, because it's 823, give me a couple of seconds. What do you think about Brazil? We hear about Bolsonaro isn't conceding, but he his office has committed to initial transition. People have the same yeah. issues that we did in 2020. They see big crowds for Bolsonaro. They don't see nearly nothing as evident for the other guy. I see some reports saying that the military police have joined in these protests on the highways a, a couple of days ago, that they're using cranes and other equipment to block the roads um what what are your takeaways just a couple of moments you know i i think it's sad because um you know there's and i brought this up the other day somewhere but i mean there's a, a netflix documentary about latin america and um basically using polls to justify the corruption that they were engaging in in elections and i'm talking about electioneering fraud you know and you look at a thing like Brazil, how that all went down, it of course sounds very familiar. 
but you have to feel bad for the Brazilian people. I am concerned that there are there are parts of the military that uh, were seriously considering seizing power. I mean, there there really were. Uh, for a while there, a lot of Americans probably don't understand how serious it, it, it got in Brazil, and it's not over yet. The heat hasn't toned down yet. Frank, the polls were way off again. And then this happens all the time, and then it gets really close. There's Bolsonaro with a big lead. He wins every single, what is essentially a state, he wins every single state in Brazil, every single region, except for one, which pulls the usual things that people see all the time. The, you know, the counting, the, oh, these votes were here. We can't continue like this. And by the way, does it really make you feel good that there are all these, like, comparable similarities to, you know, to Brazil? No. In our own city? I'm, it, it is something that has been a problem with Latin America for a while. You know, the use of polls basically to try to justify uh, the results. And it, it, this is the honestly, man, th this is like the worst kind of news for someone like me. It really is because do I believe it? You know, probably not really. Not really. It's Brazil, folks. I mean, <laughs> do yeah. you think it's bad here? I mean, this is something that has been going on in Latin American countries for a long time. There are powerful foreign governments that wanted Bolsonaro gone. What do you, you think? What you think they wouldn't do something like this? That, I, yeah, and this and this, Rich, I think is why um, I, why it's it's so scary that elections in places like Italy and Brazil and elsewhere are becoming so much more important to us because a. So many people, and, I, and if Barnes were on with us, he he would agree. So many more people are not only looking at what we, what we what they want from their domestic government, what they want from their domestic life here at home, how they want government right. reformed and abolished in many ways, and get back to simpler localized living. But uh, we also, if you're if you're awake to what's going on in the world, you have to consider um, that Brazil. United States, Italy, Sweden, it's all the same now because there is a global plot that is being worked toward at this point. And, yeah, and, they have a playbook, Frank. Oh, yeah. And it, uh, clearly. And, and it's very been published. Clearly. It's been published very clearly, too. So um, to, to start seeing that similarities there and to see that we are catching up to what uh, probably has been the norm in Central and South America for a long time now, it gets to the point now where, I, I, especially for someone like you, I can imagine the frustration where you've committed to science and now you have to create a margin of error for criminality. And that's just... It, it, it's good to know and you love it and you love it and so when you see somebody like perverting something you love mm -hmm. it just is it's like a sadness it really is and um this is why again you know it, the best thing you could do is vote don't because the the the, work, the best thing they could hope for is that you decide it doesn't matter and then you don't vote because you make their job so much more easy easier when uh when you do that you know like georgia the runoffs in georgia that was great for them they love that that's exactly what they were hoping to happen uh and again you know look at bolsonaro's like approval rating frank what they would do i mean if you think they're not weaponizing these things come on yeah how could his approval and think by the way ditto trump how does a president have an abysmal approval rating and get the most the largest increase in raw vote count 
in his reelection bid or his attempt to be reelected yeah. than any other president before him. How does that happen? With I, a 39 percent approval rating, Frank Bolsonaro, they had in the 30s, the 30s, and he and he crushed it. He crushed it. So it almost didn't, you know, I don't want to say that because I don't want to, you know, piss off the people of Brazil like that. I mean, you should vote. But it's almost like, you know, Bolsonaro increases a massive number of votes, millions of more votes than he did the initial round. He still loses. It just doesn't make any. And by the way, what did he lose with? Forty nine point what percent. Right. Yeah, it was just, we're, we're talking. We're talking about. Yeah. He's getting splitting hairs. Yeah. Yeah. And how, so how did, how are you? Like you've, I don't know if you've ever looked at his approval trend. It just doesn't make sense with the number and the share of the vote that he's got. It doesn't make sense. Well, they're creating this aura of like vulnerability with leaders that they don't like, and it's not true. And by the way, I mean, if if they were able to pull Trump's total vote in the case of the U.S., then they would never have had his approval as low as they did. So I would argue. That Trump's entire approval trend, for the most part, with the exception of a few polls, should just be thrown out. It's not. It's not credible. It's not. Well, we're going to take this mindset into tomorrow. It's a a, a do, a, yeah, proactive situation, and then there's a passive situation afterwards, where you do what you do, and then you have to get on with your day, sit back, and wait with bated breath for. Uh, for things to, to see what the results are. And I can't wait. I just can't wait to just be in the middle of it. And and Rich, thanks again for everything. I have peoplespundit.locals.com in the description of this video. I hope people go and they become members over there and that they sign up on your YouTube and they keep up with you tomorrow and, uh, and all the best. Uh, let everybody know if there's anything else they need to know for all of your election day activities. Yeah, um, the, the links that are for the live results have been tweeted out, but also if you go to Locals, anybody who's a member, not even a supporter, can go and see where the links are. We have the Senate, the House, the Governors, the Secretaries of State, and the Attorney Generals. We have maps for all of them, all right? We have poll times, open and close, all of that up there for people to check out. I would also note just for the stream, Frank, I mean, the, the first tier, that's five bucks, that, that's election night. The second tier, that is election night, plus the updates, because we're going to have them, as you know, right? And then the third tier is election night, the updates, and then any runoffs that we may have in December. All right, so that's what basically gives them um, access to. Great. All right, just so everybody knows the difference, if it's not clear up there. But go check it out. Great, great. Well, thanks for everything, Rich. You uh, again bless us with an entire. But this is our. This this is the Mondays I love when we do a almost a I whole love, show together. I, I look forward to our talks, Frank. It's it a goes quick. It does. It does. And you know what? Uh, come uh, late. November and December, we can start just stretching our legs a little bit and talk about other things, you know, things that we're grateful for. Looking, man, that sounds really good. It'll be good. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, we'll, we'll wear, we'll, one, we'll coordinate uh, Christmas sweaters, we'll drink some eggnog, whatever. <laughs> yes. All right. I don't, that sounds great, man. Right <laughs> up my alley, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Do some good work, man. Talk to you soon, and thank Laura for me as well. We'll do on both accounts. See you soon. Take care. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is 8.29. I'm going to go on a really quick break. Uh, so to start off this intermission break, I'm going to play you, a, I think, a four-minute video from Greg Reese. I got in touch with Greg Reese at the Reese Report 
a while ago, uh, and I asked him if it was okay if I started incorporating some of his videos into Quite Frankly TV, the After Hours, and also into these shows. And since we just did a, a long break, uh, a long segment with Rich, I want to play this. It has everything to do with, you know, elections and um, Bolsonaro and whatever the hell else. But uh, really quick. Really quick, enjoy that. We come back. We'll have about 20 minutes left, and then we will wrap up. So thank you again, Rich Barris, the People's Pundit, and we will be back in a moment. Before his first election, the radical opposition attempted to assassinate Jair Bolsonaro. Jair Bolsonaro has been left in a serious but stable condition in hospital. This after being stabbed while drumming up support ahead of next month's vote. Hospital officials say it could take two months for him to recover. They failed, and President Bolsonaro went on to become today's leading model of what a world leader should be, a man of the people. He spoke out against the COVID pandemic hoax from the very beginning. Brazil's right-wing president, Jair Bolsonaro, said he will not take a coronavirus vaccine, calling it his, quote, right. He made statements live on social media Thursday, adding that Congress was not likely to require Brazilians to take a vaccine. He thanked the farmers of Brazil for not shutting down. Vocês não ficaram em casa. Não se acovardaram. Nós temos que enfrentar os nossos problemas. And declared every single Brazilian as being essential. Essa atividade é essencial, aquela não. A atividade essencial é toda aquela necessária para o chefe de família levar o pão para dentro de casa. Porra! And now the world is realizing that Bolsonaro was right. No matter how much the media tries to smear him, the people of Brazil love him. The awakening masses in Brazil, like everywhere else in the world today, were expecting election fraud. Polls show Bolsonaro still trailing behind left-wing former leader Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva. Polls are lying. If Lula is really the frontrunner, where is he? Where are his crowds? We are here to show that Bolsonaro represents the majority. He will only lose the election if there is fraud, and the people will take to the streets to stop that from happening. And they have taken to the streets. All over Brazil, the people are not willing to go the way of Joe Obama the way of the World Economic Forum. What will it take for the people to be represented? And what will America do if the anticipated red wave is stolen? The president's office may have conceded defeat, but many of Jair Bolsonaro's millions of supporters have not. They took to the streets of Sao Paulo in their thousands. The national flag waved above the crowds as they gathered outside the headquarters of the military's southeastern command. They're calling for an intervention. Put simply, they want a military coup. They despise the leftist policies of Lula da Silva, and they want him out by any means. I think the red wave that's coming is going to be like the elevator doors opening up in The Shining. <laughs> 
Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Welcome to Intermission. We'll, we'll be right back. Quite frankly. 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 With Frank! Quite frankly. How dare you? Hey. 8.35. Welcome back. I am, uh, obviously, I'm not watching the Trump rally, but I did see all the whispering about whether or not the, the, um, the intent to declare candidacy for 2024 was going to be tonight. Either way, I knew it was going to be before that, that 14th date. I think the 14th date was always to get out there so that the, the indictment that was going to surely come would be just before that and you can try to get before them have the indictment come afterward it doesn't matter they're going to do it anyway but we'll see what happens after i get off here tonight we'll see what news has been made i uh you know i think the dark irony of what we're living through right now because i know that no matter who's in the audience right now we listen, we talk to, to rich and say well what's the point of polling if there's if there's uh, there's so much fraud out there and so much criminality and nothing really being done to to wipe it clean. Well, as I said before, it sucks for somebody like Rich who obviously loves what he does and uh, loves its place in history and how it could be used to help us understand history. But um, you know, for somebody to do all that good work and then have to make a larger and larger margin of error for criminality, that sucks. At the same time, in the lead up to an event like tomorrow and every other event between tomorrow and the next one and whatever the hell else is, again, that we learn about us. We learn about us. 
We learn about the reality of where people's minds are. We learn about where their interests are, what kind of bullshit they're not accepting, what they're not taking on. And, um, and that's good. That's good. Because then at least we know that the gaslighting is, we can just walk away from that. So that's the use of polling. If you're going to the right pollster, because, um, Rich is a diamond in the rough, and yeah, there's other good people out there that do good work. He he mentions them usually, but I try to keep my I try to keep my my consumption very limited and simple because I've got too much going on. So I found Rich. He's my first go-to, and whatever the hell else he shares, I figure, oh, it's good enough for Rich, good enough for me. You just gotta make relationships like that because I don't have the the memory space anymore. But it is just irony. It, it, it's darkly ironic. If you just look at the rhetoric from everybody, how every player in the election, representing every faction, is declaring that if anyone other than us wins, then representative government is over. It's over. Democracy is over. The Republic is over. Now, it's art. It's it's very dark, but it's where we are, and it's ironic because, of course, that that way of thinking, representative government is already over in many ways. Now, it's it, not to say that from a certain point of view it isn't correct. For example, from our point of view, it is completely correct. We know that we're up against psychopaths. They think we're the psychopaths. You can say, well, Frank, well, how do you know that you're not? Because I don't want anything from them. I don't want any, this is always, I've said this before on the show, I always know I'm in the right on these stances because I, my ideas, which are consistent with American, traditional American values, do not require anything from anybody. It doesn't require a loan that that has people used as collateral, nothing. I don't need anybody conscripted into anything against their will, medically, uh, insurance-wise, retirement. It doesn't matter what it is. That's how I know. So you want to talk about representative government and democracy and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If one, if one side gets their way, it is all over. But then again, it's at this point, it is largely, largely over. That's why we concentrate on local, 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 local. And uh, see if we can just throw a wrench into the gears, in, into the, the upper echelons of it all. But the fact that everyone thinks that about the other side is the scary part. It's like one of those tense standoffs in an old Western film. You got a circle of like five people just pointing revolvers at each other. Just, just waiting for someone to make a move. Very tense. Vote. Democracy could be over. Speaking of cheating, the Astros beat the Phillies to win the World Series. I heard about that. I only watched a, a little bit of Game 3 and a little bit of Game 1, I think. And I think that this win for the Astros actually was legitimate this time, which, which is hilarious because that is all that can be said about the Astros and is literally all that I'm hearing and reading from people, too. Uh, no, they, they go, no, no, no. Credit where credit's due. They earned this title this year. They yes, they earned it this year. Quite a standard. This year they earned it. Because we know that they cheated up to and including 2019. And then COVID came along and got them off the hook, the Astros. 
for taking the nationwide tour of shame that they fucking deserved. That they deserved. And then, over the course of a year and a half, the year that never, that never materialized, the 2020 year, everybody's mind got wiped by bigger issues, personal lives, things going on around the world, and now here we are in 2022. And nah, nah, credit where credit's due. Cheap. Congratulations. Enjoy your trophy. Anyway, moving on to something else. Your Super Chats. Let's get to them. Quite frankly, superchat.com. Let's see what came in. Then we'll go to the Rumble Rants. We'll go to Pilled. And uh, Albert Frederick says DeSantis is a wag the dog. Just saying. Lucy Lou says, even though New Jersey isn't voting for a governor this year, we still need to vote. And don't forget to research for school board candidates. Vote because if you don't, someone else will. Love your show, Frank. Lucy Lou is true. It's exactly what uh, what Rich said. Go and eat your pie because if you don't, somebody else will. And, and I'll say again, I have one or two friends, uh, personal friends in Pennsylvania that went to go show up to eat their pie, vote, and someone had already done it for them. So, there's also that. Buckeye Steve, three hours ago, says, Today I asked our house cleaning crew, who are native Brazilians, what do they think of Bolsonaro? They definitely supported him strongly, and they're pro-Trump as well. I believe it. I believe it. Okay. Over to Pilled. Let's see what's going on on Foxhole. Tom Ford. Thank you so much, Todd. Tom bought a diamond tier subscription. Okay, that's right. Foxhole on QuiteFrankly.tv has just today rolled out. The thing that is live now is the subscriptions. The monthly subscriptions on Foxhole that you can can choose to uh, get in on. Just like with DLive and the Lemons, Foxhole has now... A gold pill equivalent and uh, it's so awesome to see Tom Ford in on that because through subscriptions on on Foxhole this is a great way to actually to budget for expanding the network Uh, at least network uh, operations throughout the night and throughout the whole week just to know exactly what's coming that's great thank you so much for that tom i'm glad to see people are uh, are jumping in on that sean joe did the same silver tier subscription thank you witchy poo sean joe witchy poo a lot of a river pike dagny t says um rich i would love to hear what you have to say about maryland governor ag uh congress number two it's not done deal okay I wish I had seen this, Dagny. I'm so sorry. Maybe tomorrow, if Rich stops by, I can remember Maryland. J-Bell, thank you. Witchy Poo says, you're the best. Thank you. You are. This is all all cookies from Witchy Poo. And Tom Ford, don't forget to mention subscribers on Quite Frankly TV now. There you have it. And yes, another great convo with Rich. Opinion on Mastriano. I He mentioned him a little bit. I hope what he mentioned was enough for you, Tom. There you go. And tend to blow my load cross-platform with donations so subscription is easier. What's in it for me, damn it? Well, it's just live today. I have to talk to Abe about that because I think that the network crew should actually design what the tiers provide because they would uh, they spend a lot more time streaming and interacting there. I think we'll, we'll deal with that. Don't worry about it. You enjoy yourself and we'll have more more announcements about programming and uh, subscription tiers over there 
All right, 848, got a little bit more here. I got this thing. The big one is coming. Daily Mail. U.S. military nuclear commander warns America is falling behind China, is going to get tested in ways that we haven't been tested in a long time, and that Ukraine is just the warm-up. No, really? Just around the time that the diesel starts running out. You don't say. Navy Admiral Charles A. Richard, commander of STRATCOM, addressed a gathering of top military officials in Arlington, Virginia on Wednesday. Richard warned that further investment in U.S. military was needed in the face of rising threats. This Ukraine crisis that we're in right now, this is just the warm-up. The big one is coming. It isn't going to be very long before we're going to get tested in ways that we've never been, haven't been tested in a long time. He said not enough was being done to counter Chinese aggression, saying, As I assess our level of deterrence against China, the ship is slowly sinking. Richard called on Pentagon chiefs and policymakers to return the dynamism of the 1950s and 60s, a phase which saw U.S. put man on the moon. That'll stop Russia. Get a man on the moon again. So, yeah, the big one is coming. We've heard that time and time again. So, another thing. Stock up on food, water, and maintain a full tank of gas. I would say go and get a full tank of gas as soon as you can and just be wise with it. Here's a little bit of uh, Tucker Carlson since we, we brought up the whole Paul Pelosi thing again. Tucker Carlson ended NBC after they got caught scrubbing the Today Show Paul Pelosi reporting questions about the attack. I want to listen to this since we have a couple more moments here. What a day. And it started on the weirdest possible note. If you tuned into the Today Show this morning looking for the usual funny cat videos and trans-friendly salad recipes, <laughs> you may have been surprised to find actual news being committed on your screen. In place of the segment you expected to see, fit and sexy over 70, there was NBC News correspondent Miguel Almaguer letting you know that actually that assault on Paul Pelosi in San Francisco that you read about last week, that story was a whole lot stranger than you ever imagined. According to Almaguer, citing several law enforcement sources with direct knowledge, it was Paul Pelosi who opened the door for police when they arrived. Now, you'll remember that authorities had previously told us that the intruder, David DePape, had broken into Paul Pelosi's bedroom on the third floor of the house and woken him up. Yet somehow, both Pelosi and DePape were on the ground floor by the time police got there. Moreover, according to Almaguer, Pelosi and DePape had been together in the house for at least half an hour. And yet, strangely, they both seemed fine. With police present, Almaguer reported, Paul Pelosi, quote, did not immediately declare an emergency or leave his home. Instead, he, quote, walked back several feet toward the assailant <laughs> and away from police. <laughs> it's just so funny. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we get these little, these little comedy breaks every once in a while. You know, it, it would just be tough. God, it would be such a slog. It is either way, but I'm glad these. I'm glad we get the comedy breaks. Man, oh man! And, and to think that NBC put out uh, the reason why they removed it. They put out the reasoning for removing it. I believe they said something like it didn't meet our reporting standards. Yeah, I know it wasn't a. It wasn't a completely. Uh, it wasn't a complete uh, job. What? 
Paul Pelosi walked away from the police and toward David DePape? What could possibly explain behavior like that? And what were the two doing for the 30 minutes before police arrived? Oh, I think you know. I think you know. They were building a table with the hammers and the the saws and the screws. Well, you don't you don't hammer a screw, but you do screw a hammer. And um, I think we know what's going on here. But this is brave. This is definitely not fake, but it is gay. Um, but I, I do remember about this. Like I said, when I was watching this, I was thinking about uh, the Amy Robach ABC spe- uh, special. This, uh, you know, all that. That's and that's all you need to know. And like I said, tomorrow is the the midterms, and we won't talk about this ever again because who knows how many cleanups on aisle five there are going to be. How many cleanups and how many? Oh boy, Whew. I'm going to. I, I wish I can brew coffee for all of you guys tomorrow. Just put some coffee on, and uh, I, I don't know some Sfuyadel. We can get some, some, uh, I don't know what else. Maybe something like a soft cheese. Some kind of a soft cheese to put on, on a bread or, I don't know. What would you bring to a refresh? What would you bring as a refreshment if we're all getting together to, to watch this tomorrow night in a physical location? What would you bring? Are you going to show up with a bottle of wine? I don't know. Biscott, something. I just got this message from Abe. Tonight's movie is Movie Monday on QuiteFrankly.tv. Oh, I think I know what it is. Two more mystery movies to follow. The main feature, which starts a little bit after this show ends. May the Schwartz be with you. You need to figure out what that is. May the Schwartz be with you. And then two more mystery movies to follow late into the evening. And the early morning, depending on what your time zone is. So get over to quitefrankly.tv and get ready for a wonderful, a wonderful night there. A wonderful night. I saw somebody do a um, physiognomy, physiognomy, physiognomy analysis. Physiognomy, physiognomy. It's one of those words I don't use that often, but I, I know what it is. And um, you lose the pronunciation every once in a while. Physiognomy. Speed Read Dan. We did one of his threads uh, on on this show before. He did an analysis of Kathy Griffin physiognomy. That is the analysis of a person's face to figure out what is going on with them. And here's a little bit of what he, he brought up. Nefarious narcissist. Uh, rebellious redhead and all-around naughty nightmare. This woman is going against everything she should be accepting. She should be. Everything she should be by accepting what the world wants her to be. Sold her soul for a few laughs and cheap bucks. Get this. She's a caregiver archetype. That type has been so demonized by the modern world that she went against her most human instincts and decided to never have kids. By rejecting her caregiver, she had uh, she had to lean upon her lesser archetypes that won't serve her as well. Auxiliary orphan. This makes her much more disagreeable, affront, and fiery. She enjoys controversy. This is a woman who craves drama in a very, very rough way. All her mannerisms point her to being very unstable. It's hard for her to develop human connections 
a little psycho. Oh, I agree. You know what I would love to do? I would love to see uh, Speed Read Dan do the Brian Stelter, the Brian Stelter physiognomy breakdown. Especially when you look at you, especially when he does that. Uh, let me see. Let me get some of these up. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah, this is this is the. <laughs> okay, here's Brian Stelter's. He only has a couple of faces, Brian Stelter. Here is his hungry slash horny face. That's Brian Stelter when he's hungry slash horny. You see the the look of intent in his eyes. That's where he's. That's it. He he probably thinks this is his serious face, but we know exactly what's going on there. He's hungry slash horny. Um, this one, this is his constipated, confused face. He only has a couple of faces, like I said. He goes from hungry and horny to constipated and confused. And then finally, as you all know, when he tries smiling, this is the alien trying to smile like a human for the first time face. Obviously very uncomfortable, doesn't know how to smile yet. He's only been on this earth a short while, and he, he hasn't learned how to be human just yet. That is some grade A physiognomy. So maybe he and Kathy Griffin can hang out with each other and figure things out. All right. That's all I have. That's all I have for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Tomorrow is going to be a good one, a lot of fun. Head over to quitefrankly.tv right now, and you are going to be in for a very fun evening, very fun evening indeed, with all of your favorite people, people just hanging out in the chat room and having a good time, and uh, great, great stage hands over there on the network end. I will definitely pop into the chat at some point after I get my dinner all figured out. And, um, and yeah, tremendous. I want to thank SF Green Eyes on Rumble. For the Rumble rant, says, I had to vote early. As I approached the drop box, a guy hopped off his bicycle, reached into the backpack, and stuffed seven or more ballots into the box. Made me feel like my voting was futile. No. Well, that sucks. If that's real, that sucks. Because what, what do you glean from that? Was he really dropping off uh, ballots for seven people in his house? Just doing it for the whole family? Just a doting son on a, on a bike? I don't think so. You guys have been great. Thank you to everybody that's been watching on Theta and on Foxhole on QuiteFrankly.tv, Twitch, Rumble, DLive, YouTube, Rockfin. Tomorrow, it's another night across all of those platforms, and we're going to have great friends jumping in with us, shooting the shit, and just observing what's going on. Email the show. Become a sponsor of the show on the Sponsor Us tab on QuiteFrankly.tv, and uh, I will see you soon. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. One and all, you've been great. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, it's found before a live studio audience. Now, our super chatter, starting with SF Green Eyes, Albert Frederick, Lucy Liu, Buckeye Steve, Maria E. It's been fantastic having you here. I'll see you tomorrow at 7. Be good.